Welcome to The Sipping Point, the whiskey podcast where we ask the whisk what, the whisk where, and the whisk who, with a new guest every single week as we build their ultimate dramming experience. My name is Cameron Hobbs, I am the Master Blender, I'm joined as ever by my co-host and the whisky goblin, Angus Coots. It's a me. Hello. Angus, it's the question I ask every single time we get together, what has been in your glass this week? Genuinely, I bought, like, I don't know if you remember last week, I bought uh, that Deanston yeah. Stout cask finish. I've been boshing that bottle. <laughs> Absolutely smashing that. It was it was a, a clear winner for the two of you, that one. Yeah, it's so nice. Uh, if anyone's not bought it, go and buy it. Uh, under 50 quid? I think you got it for 44. I think I got it for 49, including delivery, yeah. which is pretty good for a, how good it is a bargain to be had so last week as well i feel like we're, I, I genuinely feel angus i'm indulging you with this podcast last week we had uh, a fellow tour guide who is a comedian that does tours mm-hmm. you're a tour guide that does comedy stuff that's right but still two peas from a very similar pod um so you the two you indulged in tour guide tales this week we've got someone who is as jambo as they come um and we're gonna end up talking about hearts i've no doubt if i can make this a hearts podcast i will this is the sipping point with the voice of Tynecastle stadium himself scott wilson So just calm here, before we get stuck into things, the bottles that the guys are drinking tonight are the Aaron Single Malt Small Batch 13-year-old Lacranza Distillery Edition from 2020 with a rum cask finish. The Spirited Angels Single Malt Scotch Whiskey Strathern Distillery. Um, that one is a full maturation and a rum cask. And the Isle of Jura Rum Cask Finish. So, Scott, absolutely delighted to welcome you to The Sipping Point. Um, Introduce you at the top there as the voice of Hearts and Tynecastle. Obviously, you retired recently, but still, there's a lot of people, and certainly of Angus's 100%. vintage, shall we say, that you will synonymously be the voice of Tynecastle. First of all, how much are you missing it? I'm not at all. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm there at every game because I'm still doing hospitality. So, although I'm not... The voice of Tynecastle, I'm still referred to as the voice of Hearts, and I'm still the the corporate host. I front up all their their, their corporate events, Player of the Year, sponsors' nights, etc. So I'm able to enjoy that and enjoy the football. I spent all these years. I know it's not an NFL podcast, but all these <laughs> years as the play caller for the Scottish Claymores, and not really being able to enjoy a game because you're concentrating on it too much. And the only times that I was able to sit back and enjoy a game was when I went to Super Bowl, when you're not having to call a play and you can actually sit down and and enjoy it. So no, I'm sat there in the seat with my boy, a uh, season ticket seat, much further back than I've ever been at Time Castle, and I can shout and holler abuse at referees and and on the whole they deserve it and certainly did last season <laughs> and it's interesting when people put two and two together they hear the abuse and turn around and they look and they think is that him no he can't be that abusive <laughs> it is and i am <laughs> how much how much did you have to fight the urge when you had that microphone in your hand to shout abuse over it covid was a godsend because everybody was wearing masks and although i sound a lot like me you don't have conclusive evidence that it came out of my mouth because you couldn't see my lips move um yeah, I, I did a lot, particularly in the early days, but, you know, the, the older you become, the the more cantankerous, the, the more 
accepting that the referees and, and officials in general are just going to be substandard. And to be fair, there have been one or two over the last five or six seasons. I've struggled to name them right enough, but on the whole, <laughs> the, the standard isn't good. So, yeah, that that was a, a challenge. One of the things that uh, I think a lot of people don't necessarily fully appreciate is having a job in sport, especially during a, a, a live game, is something that is seen as quite desirable, is glamorous and what have you. But, I mean, you've hit it on the heads. It isn't always that when you're in the moment because you're not necessarily then getting to enjoy the game as much as those in the stadium are. So it's double-edged sword. Yes, you get behind-the-scenes access. You get to hang out with the Hearts players. But you've got to watch that game in a very different way to everyone else in the stadium. Absolutely correct. And it is far more enjoyable now. And, yeah, there probably have been bits of games where I'm thinking oh, I wish that was me because I would have played that after that goal or something because it would antagonise the visiting fans or or whatever but on the whole I think Graham and Keith are doing a great job One of the things that we've picked up already on this podcast is I cannot pronounce things properly. This is a carryover from my NFL podcast where I get the names of NFL players wrong on a weekly basis, even the easy ones um, For you though there was obviously a period at Tynecastle where some of the names had perhaps more consonants and vowels than they do now. How did you find that? And what was the most difficult name you've ever had to say over the tunnel? There's been a few. Um, I also, I'm still on radio at the moment, but I spent 20 years being paid for radio and I always struggled with Creedence Clearwater Revival, which I can now say <laughs> rather than just saying CCR. They get played much. Well, they did on the oldie station. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, which is what I'm on now. Don't play any of this modern trite because it is rubbish. Well, no, it is rubbish. I'd agree with you on <laughs> no, that, to be honest. Me, trust me. Anyway, I'm having a conversation about music with a goblin. That's just that's it. always dressed as Rupert Bear. I rest my case, Your Honour. People will see the picture of this. Um, <laughs> I, I've made a bold choice for my fashion today. Oh. Mm. Yes. Um, sorry, I've forgotten the question. I was put off by a shirt. Hardest <laughs> name you had to yes, pronounce on the yes. Kestutis Ivas Kevichus, which is easy for me to say, but um, I don't know if you remember, Hearts played Barcelona at Murrayfield. Mm -hmm. And pre-match, I'm down, I kind of knew all the Barcelona players' names, but there were a couple came in, so naturally, as I did with every visiting team, spoke to their press people and wrote everything down phonetically. I then spoke to Stephen Frail before the game, and I said, this guy, E.T., I said, how do you pronounce it? He said, Scotty, he'll never come on. Never come on. He's absolutely humpty. <laughs> Another Lithuanian is rubbish. I'm like, okay, no problem, Shaggy. I said, but if he does, I'm, I'm struggling. No, no, you're fine, you're fine. Anyway, Hearts, um, Hearts played quite well. Hearts, Hearts scored. And they started making lots of substitutions in the second half. And then next thing I see Shaggy come out of the dugout, um, walk half a dozen steps, look up to where my commentary point was and just shrug as if this is not my fault. And I'm like, no, tell me. <laughs> and sure enough, the board comes up and off goes whoever went. Jean-Louis Valois. He's replaced by number 88. And of course, everybody laughed, as you would. And I said, Kestutis, Eva, and they laughed again. I said, well, you try it. So I said, if he scores, he'll simply be known as number 88. And that was the, the most difficult. It, it generated a, a much um, amusement within the stadium. And I did then seek out the, the one of uh, Mr. Romanov's trustees 
to find out how to pronounce it. And God love her, she said, he'll ne- she'll, he won't play for hearts again. I said, thank goodness for that. <laughs> anyway, so that was it. Um, I don't know what, what's he doing now, Kestutis Ivaskevichus. <laughs> this would usually be the point where I'd look it up, but I don't know how to spell it. So, <laughs> Obviously, you touched on the fact that you've got a lot of experience in radio. Being that in-stadium Tannoy person, you, you can get away with things like that if you've got a bit of character with it. And I think that's something that, you know, even as an away fan, you always brought character to it. How much was your radio background fundamental in uh, making you who you were on the live tunnel in the stadium? Massive. Principally, also, and, and fundamentally, it goes back to the fact I didn't want that job. Mm. I was a fan, and uh, Chris Robinson came to a Scottish Claymores game, and he saw what we did with the backfield party, and he wanted to change the game day experience. So he asked me to come in and said, would you be interested? And said, no, absolutely not. I said, I've got season tickets, sit with my boy, I'm quite happy. Would you come in and do a couple of matches? And I said, okay, as long as I have carte blanche and you train somebody up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did have carte blanche, but he had no intentions whatsoever of training anybody up, which became yeah. quite apparent thereafter. So the first match, the, the fixtures come out, he phones me, can you come in, come in? These are being published tomorrow, and the first game is a derby against Hibs. So I said, right. He said, have you got ideas? I said, I've got lots. Can I go and see Phil Anderton, who was chief executive at the time? I'd work with him at Scotch Rugby. So I sat down and I said, I want to do fireworks. Ha, ha, my boy. He said, yeah, the idea, how much it cost? I said, £7,200. I've already costed it. <laughs> ah, a lot of money. It's a derby. It's a bit risky. So I said, put it this way. If it comes off, you look fabulous. If it crashes and burns, I'm to blame. Tell you what, he got the credit for that as well, well didn't and he? I'm quite happy to have that. So that's what we did. I also, my predecessor had played Lulu's shout after every goal for about, I don't know, three, four seasons before it. Right. I like Lulu, get on very well, but I have a pathological hatred for that song now because I heard it so much. Mm. So I thought... And radio at the time, I'll just cut up hooks from various songs. I'll do five. That'll do me for the three or four games that I'm doing. And we scored five goals in the one game. And I played a different song after each one. It was the Mark De Vries derby. Everything was great. Um, and, and that was great. Went away with a nice warm feeling, thinking, yeah, that was good. I'll need to cut up more songs, but that, that's fine. And I think we drew with the Rangers and then we won the other two or, or whatever, other three. And I went back and made an appointment to see Kenny Whitman, who was the head of sponsorship and promotions at the time. I went and I sat down. He's like, look at that. Threw a pile of paper down in front of me. I said, what's that? He said, that's letters from fans. They love it. They love it. They want you to stay. I'm like, I'm really ambivalent. I said, I'm quite happy to go and sit. Well, well, what's it going to take? So I wrote a number down on the table and he said, I don't have that budget. I said, wonderful. I stood up and went to shake his hand. Door opens. Chris Robinson comes in. He's like, oh, you're here. Just want to say thanks for everything you do. The fans love it. Whatever he's paying you, it's not enough. Thank you. Pats me on the back and goes out. Kenny's face palm as if, oh my God, what did do? I don't have the money. I said, well, that's fine. I can go. No problem. I said, I'm on a yellow line anyway. So anyway, we sat down. We did a bit of negotiation. Um, I, I could have done it for nothing, but I'm a great believer if you do, that's the price subconsciously people put on the service that, that, that you... Yeah. I 100% believe that as well. I had two tours and I, I, I won't do stuff for free unless it's for charity now. Like uh, if I've got a decision, I want to do something for charity, but I'm not like, yeah, you start doing stuff for free, that devalues your work. Absolutely. So that was it. That's where it started. And so to get back to your question, because I didn't want the job, because I didn't feel the fear of the sack then everything that I did, I had my tongue in my cheek. 
It's football. It's escapism. Yeah. Nobody dies. Indeed. Yep. Somebody might get a bit upset. You know, that goes with the territory. I've had a few complaints over the years. And in retrospect, much like Angus will be when you come off stage at night, I know what I've done if I've gone too far and picked mm-hmm. on a, a yeah. hunter or something and I'll drive home. That's why my wife never comes to my gigs because I pick on people. Right. Uh, it's called comedy, darling, <laughs> but it hurts help make a living. But anyway, the long and short of it is I'll know if I've pushed the envelope too far. But more often than not, it's tongue-in-cheek, um, addressing Aberdeen as as the sheep, etc. They love it. Yep. Oh, they God, absolutely they do, yeah. love it. They have inflatable, anatomically perfect um, sheep. They would them. be, yeah. Uh, a long drive. They, I can testify. They're loud, they're noisy, they interfere with livestock, what's not to like. So from that perspective, it's great. <laughs> and then when we had um, European visitors, I would make a point of learning a phrase of welcome in their native language, like Serbian, uh, Croat, or Portuguese, or whatever. And the, the feedback from the clubs was um, universal. There'd always be a letter to the club thanking us specifically for doing that. Mm. We played a team from um, uh, Serbia, I think it was. Was it it's from Sarajevo? And I played Miss Sarajevo by yeah. U2 and welcomed them in Serbo Croat. Really bad Serbo Croat. But, you know, there were people crying, probably because of my. You actually said something really said something bad. Yeah. Really, really offensive. <laughs> and um, so that that sort of thing, I used to get a buzz out of that. And I do miss, miss that, but after 20 years, I thought this is a good time just to call it a day. Let's turn our attention to whiskey then. Um, and we'll come on That's to how... Does it normally take this long? Yeah. <laughs> And listen, you've got you've got dram number one in front of you. You can start to savor that mm-hmm. as you go. At the end of the segment, we will ask you for your thoughts. But as we do that, let's start through your whiskey. When did when did you find whiskey as a young man? When did you realize that you were a whiskey drinker? I first drank at age fourteen. Great. How'd that go down? Um, it was fine for the first hour. Yeah. Um, I have no <laughs> recollection of anything beyond about <laughs> 10 p.m. until my brother woke me up at 11 and sent all my friends home because I'd had um, a small gathering. My folks had gone away overnight and I'd invited a few friends around. <clears throat> um, I had a good record collection because my brother was on pirate radio at the time, yeah. so I was always good for music. So we had that and I thought, we'll just go into the drinks cabinet. The only thing I'd ever taken out of that was maybe a can of beer or Advocat yeah. at New Year, God, yeah. making a snowball. Yeah, Fantastic. Anyway, so I went in and I thought, I'm going to try that. That's what my dad drinks, VAT 69. Wow. Now, mm. You look back and you think that was your introduction, rough yeah. as a badger's arse, etc., yeah. etc. But you know, I thought mm, that's okay. I mixed it with water, yeah, okay, and I think I must have put Coca Cola in it or something Fair like enough. that. And it was palatable, and I had two or three or, or four. Or, I don't, I can't remember much actually. Uh, and I woke up the next morning and I was fine. I was in the bad books, obviously, because mm-hmm. I was supposedly in charge of a house, but I was unconscious. Yeah. And it grew from there. So as I grew up, um, once I was legally of age to drink, I would just drink beer and I would have a, a, a grouse with yeah. it. So, yeah. But I didn't get into single malts until probably, well, it's maybe 20 years ago. Okay. And I started turning my attention to them. I started my whiskey journey and read up a great deal about it. And I started on Auchintoshin, probably like most people do, Auchintoshin and Glen Kinshi. That's because it. they're Nearby. light, they're accessible. And uh, I really like those. And, and now when I do whiskey tastings, I'll generally do a, a journey and I'll always start with a lowland. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. they're, they're one of them. Or Lindor's. Lindor's is Lindor's, a, yeah. a good one to start with. So started with that and then gradually grew. 
do you know what it is? My palate matured. Mm. And up until about five or six years ago, I swore blind, and I used to travel to Ireland a lot. It was part of my patch. And I swore blind the proper whiskey didn't have an E. How can you drink that triple distilled nonsense? Oh, now you into it now. I am now. Oh, big right. style. Oh, absolutely. Because I think I've said... was the change was Redbreast 12-year-old. We're talking about that. Literally talked about that Fabulous. last episode. Last I had it for the first time, because I've heard so much about it. had it for the first time I was over in New York for work. It was up there, and I thought, Do you know what? Rather than have a Scotch whiskey, which you can buy at home, yeah. I'll have a Redbreast, because you don't see it as frequently. Um, unfortunately, I was a few drinks in, and therefore I feel like I need to reserve judgment. Uh, and I feel like I need to go back to it and give it its juice, give it a couple, let it actually go through me and, and truly savour what's in the glass. Because genuinely, it feels like Redbreast and Greenspot, the two Irish ones that are very much talked about. I raised eyebrow on the first saver there. Oh, no, so. I like that. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to... No, I really do like it. The, the, those two that you've highlighted are very good. The Redbreast 15 is exceptional. It's very much like a toffee apple. Right. I really do love the orchardy aspect of it. There's also um, John's Lane by Powers. Okay. That's another good one. And I'm a big fan of Bushmills. Right. And the, 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 the Bushmills stuff. They gave me a 21-year-old. Um, I, I gave up the island of Ireland as a territory last year, so they gave me a couple of parting gifts. And one was a 21-year-old, which was very good. And the other was their Caribbean cask. Right. Okay, I'm quite into that kind of stuff. I like, I like, a, I like an alternative finish. Um, I bring that up quite a lot. I love, I love red wine. Rum cast finishes are brilliant as well. Mm. Yeah. Like, although there's... No, no, I'm not talking shit about any uh, distilleries <laughs> this week. I'm not going to say who. But I've got one rum finish in the house that is not getting drunk. Right, oh, okay. really? Oh, okay. well, we might I hope it's that. not Balvenie Caribbean cast. No, that's, a, that's a brilliant whiskey. If there is a, a heaven, the rivers will run with that. <laughs> it's quite magnificent. <laughs> and and David Stewart, who's the master blender there, used to be in the Eurythmics. Remember him? Is that right? No, not at all. Same name. Well, but, hell. <laughs> anyway. I'll believe anything, man. <laughs> what he did and what's different from the other ones, so you, you'll get a number of other Caribbean-influenced drams, he actually took an American oak cask and then filled it with rum. So he didn't use a rum cask as right. others like Bush Mills are using. Mm. And then when he felt it was ready, took that out, put the spirit in, laid it down for 12 years. 12 yeah. years? 15 years. I think it's a 14. Okay, so let's guess. split the difference. Anyway, it's in there. And I just think it's a, a fabulous, fabulous drama. Ah, it's great. And up until last year, probably, it, it's still my go-to dram, but now I have far more Catholic tastes and it depends on the mood that I'm in right. when I come in particularly from a gig yeah. you'll be the same you, you've spoken all evening and you need something for medicinal purposes absolutely so it depends what, what mood I'm in but certainly that would be my, my go-to there but you know we're getting off tangent well no it's not off tangent because this this brings us around to the, the, the purpose of this first part which is ultimately we're building your ultimate dr whiskey drinking experience and the question one is what's in the glass so is it the Balvenie Caribbean <laughs> cask or is it something else that you've had that if you can have it again because it might not be available anymore if if there's something in your glass what is it you're picking yes now there's a number of them and I was in a bar in Limburg in Germany a whiskey bar and run by a German chap who loves Scotland and, right. and he and his wife set this up. And when he found out that I was a, a whiskey aficionado, took great delight in showing me a tour of his, his bar. 
and it's fabulous. And the other great thing about this, apart from having a great selection of whiskies, tick the boxes for my OCD because he has them all in alphabet. Oh, you love that. Oh, oh man. So <clears throat> he even showed me his vault, not a euphemism. Okay. <laughs> we came back upstairs and we're walking along a corridor and he has um, candle holders coming off the walls. But instead of holding candles, they held bottles of whiskey. And I came along and I said, oh, my God, that one looks like a Glen Glasso 1986. Ha, if only. It is. I said, Germans are not supposed to have a sense of humour, pal. No he, way. No, no, it is. That's what it was. That was a silent distillery, of course. Wow. Takes it down, has a nose, and it is just awesome. And I was with my manager and my managing director, and I said, oh, this is fantastic. I said, I've never seen it, but whenever you do see it, there's a choir of angels appears and yeah. sings. And my managing director said, get him a dram. And he said, it is 145 euro. We have a two drink policy with my company. But anyway, yeah. he's managing director. So he said, he'll have one. So they, they poured this. And I don't know, I thought it was seconds, but apparently I had my nose in the glass for about 10 minutes. Two of them are giggling like school kids. And I look up and said, what is it? They said, that must be your orgasm face. <laughs> because I'd been waiting such a long time and that delivered. And it was just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So the what's the f- official name of it? Glen Glasso. I've got a picture of it, which I'll share with you. But it's just a, a special, special dram that I haven't seen anywhere else. Mm. And there it was in that bar in Limburg. And I went for a wee, not that you need to know that, but I went for a wee and my managing director bought me another one. Oh. So, fine man. 1978, I lied. There we are. So it's Glen Glasso in 1978. Wow. Yeah, I've not, I've, I don't know that I've even heard of Glen Glasso. I've never heard of So if of you that. drive from Inverness to Aberdeen, you actually pass it. So right. it was a silent distillery, and it was bought in, I'm going to say, around about 2013, 14, by three Russian, they were described as playboys to me, mm-hmm. and they paid cash. So it was just over a billion pounds, but they paid cash because you have that lying around. <laughs> I feel like I've been near it uh, before. Um... You were close, 2008. Uh, was it 2008? Was it a, was it a restart oh, production? Okay. Well, it was 2013 or 14 that I went in to see them, and they were producing very small batches. Yeah. That's uh, that's class. I love things like that. Um, one of the best uh, trips I've ever had was I went and did a space side trip. I feel like we might have been... We spoke, maybe we spoke about this distillery as well, because one of the distilleries we went to was, is now owned by Pernal Ricard and Shivas Brothers. Um I think they might have tried to buy their first. I can't remember whether it was like Glen Burgie or one of the other quite quiet distilleries that really is only used to make a limited amount of malt, but most of it's for going into Shiva's Regal. Mm. Um, but definitely, I definitely got told about the, about the Russians about it in cash. Good. Yeah, yeah good. Yes. Great story. Well, that's good because yeah. otherwise I may have been making it up. <laughs> <laughs> the other one round about that area, which has reopened, is Glen Alecky. Billy yes. Walker's Oh, my God. That. That's really good And stuff. there are some wonderful ones. I did a, a gig. It was part of Gary Locke's testimonial year. Oh, yeah. And it was an all-day event on the Saturday, and one of the committee... Um, on the committee with me, big whiskey aficionado, said, that's a gift for you, because obviously I wasn't getting paid for the gig, and, and mm. I'm happy to do it. And I said, oh, that's fantastic. And it's the 18-year-old, Glen Alecky. And I thought, I'll have that when I get home. And by 2 o'clock, I, you know, I don't have, I'm not, I don't, not good on willpower. Nah. And so the bottle was open, and by 11.15, there was less than an inch left. Not all me. I'd no, share course. a dram with two other people, but oh, that is a splendid, splendid dram. 
I've been lucky enough, one of the distilleries I visited actually earlier this year, the tour was tremendous because it's still a new enough distillery that it's a real tour. It's not yet been taken over by a conglomerate. Yeah. And therefore, now there's nothing wrong with them because they're doing very professional tours that are great, but there's a raw, rustic thing. And they hadn't opened their brand new centre, which they just opened at that time. So we're in the shop, basically in the corner, drinking the drams. They got us into the fermentation to the mash tons, opened that up, and genuinely, I've never had a CO2 hit like it. They did it on purpose. Mm. It had been fermenting for a while, and they opened the lid, and every single person took multiple steps back after smelling. It's like, hit the back of your throat, and genuinely made you feel just that little bit dizzy. A wonderful experience, great distillery, and yeah, heard a lot of good things about it. Um, thoroughly enjoyed what they had, and it looks like they've got a lot more to come as well. Mm. Yeah. Shown in the warehouses, there's a lot of experimental stuff, which I think whiskey drinkers enjoy. You know, there's nothing like what this is bottle one of 250 total bottles. You know, it's a single cask. Go and enjoy it. And this is the great thing about whiskeys. You can go back to the same distillery and you can get the core stuff. Um, you know, one of the three drams that we're drinking is a supermarket special. So it's a core range that you're going to get kind of mass produced and they can be great. Um, but it's great to go back to the same distillery you love and try some of that experimental stuff. So yeah, absolutely. So Glenn Glasso, 1978. Was there a finish on it? Do you know, was it a cherry or was it a bourbon? Or? I don't know what it was. I would, um, it wasn't particularly, I'm not aware that it was quite frankly. It was just I'm, wonderful. I'm normally, I like a portwood finish or That's a, a cherry Oloroso. I like something with a bit of character, a bit of bite that gives you a punch in the throat. I don't like them to be overtly strong. I'm enjoying one at home at the moment, which is 58%. And then when you water it down, it's it's smooth and it's mellow, but it's kind of meh. So I think, you know, if you are lacking character, then just leave it cask strength rather than, than watering it down. And the last question then before we come on to what's in glass number one is typically you would have it neat. Or would you always add water? As well? I, it depends what it is. And that one that I'm enjoying right now, I'd be quite happy to to drink neat. Yeah. Um, but I will add water to it at some point. I was hoping it was going to be topped up, quite frankly. Well, you're going to get another one in right. a minute. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we get on to the other one, though, what about this one? What are our thoughts? That's very lovely. Banana, right? Ban- I've been drinking it for, for some time now. And right banana there. The first thing, beautiful golden colour. It's not particularly leggy. And I don't mean that in a 1970s cultural yep. reference there, but it just when I was swirling it around the glass, it seemed uh, quite thin and not particularly oily. I do love the nose, though, getting lots of fruit in there. And obviously, caramel, honey, yep. you get that. There's not much spice there. There's a, a kind no. of nice bite there. It's a medium finish. It's not particularly long. And... It's very, very pleasant. And if that was the, a supermarket one, I'd be quite happy to drink that, actually, and drink it neat. That's nice. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to add any water to that, personally, at all. I think it is absolutely fine as it is. Um, not that I distrust you, but I'm going to add water, not just out of devilment. Just uh, no, you've got, you got to try it. I didn't. I didn't. Like. Um, but um, it's weird. You, you've said a few words there that I... I are so different to what I wrote down in my notes. Um, I was getting like raw cocoa off of the nose there, like probably like flaked chocolate and okay. things like that, um, which it probably isn't. I'm, I'm remember, I'm an absolute- it's the right answer when I do whiskey tastings, and I do a lot now that I'm now qualified. 
I uh, normally you'll you'll get a room and there'll be people who are uptight and you speak to them and it's because they're afraid to drink whiskey yeah. in case they get it wrong. Yeah. And I Aye. say to them, if you nose it and it smells like a burning car, it's the right answer. Yeah. It's what your brain's telling you. And if it, well, we've we've talked about this before on the pod, but um, if someone tells you what to look for, which why I try never to do that when I'm doing my tours, my whiskey tours. I never tell them what they're looking for like, and ask them what they're getting from it rather than because if you, someone tells you, that's all you're going to smell, that's all you're going to taste. Prime example is a bottle of Talisker, right? You show people Talisker and it's made by the sea. Yeah. You don't need to say it in that voice, you understand? But it makes but it better. Made, okay, by, yeah, made better. by the sea, like a helmsman. That's it. Ahoy. They like, never ever say it. Well, well, whatever. Maybe helmsman with bad taste dress in dungarees. I'm dressed quite well tonight, by the way. Anyway, so... Um, you put me off again with that. <laughs> so Talisker, you, you take it and you show them the bottle, you ask them to nose it, you ask what they're tasting. It's like, oh, it's, um, I'm getting sea kelp. I'm, I'm getting sea salt. Oh, really? Right, okay. And then you explain that a lot of the, the influence on the dram, both nasally and on the taste, comes from uh, the, the, the cask and where it's laid down. Mm-hmm. And if you take something like, um, like, like uh, Sturadur, Oh, yeah. Brewcladdy. No, it's not Brewcladdy. Bunahaven, um, which is distilled and laid down within 50 feet of the sound of Isla, you are going to get crashing waves. You are going to yeah. get seawater, and it's going to be absorbed into it. So when I drink that, I get a layer of salt over the top mm-hmm. of my lap, or it certainly feels that way. I don't get that with Talisker, no. but you show them the bottle, and it was, oh, I'm getting sea kelp. It's a power of suggestion. Yep. It's laying down and leaving. Seven miles from the sea. That's a big wave. Yep. Huge wave. If that happens, people are fucked. Oh, you <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth and I could have put, couldn't have put it more succinctly. <laughs> but I like that. Yeah, that yeah, was, was very nice. nice. You're right about that... the water. It didn't need water. Yeah. I would also say if that is a supermarket one, it might be contender for the best supermarket one so far after the Cardew Gold, which was nice. So we know what's in the glass. Now we've got to talk about where you're going to drink it. And while you're doing that, you can savour and sample dram number two as we move through the journey of our blind taste. Uh, But Scott, you kind of touched on this a little bit when you were talking about Talisker there, where the influence of where the cask is obviously has an influence on what you're going to taste. But where you are at the time is also going to potentially influence the flavours that come out of your glass. Mm. We've talked about the fact that it's... 38 degrees in here um, and we're all a bit sweaty so salt is probably going to be more prevalent by the end of this but for you you've got your uh, Glasso 1978 in your glass where in the world are you going to drink it? Anywhere in the sunshine on a balcony with my wife because when we go on a holiday whichever hotel we book has to have a balcony because we have balcony time so we all spend our time at the beach or by the pool and then we come up about four o'clock and the next two hours are spent on the balcony my wife drinks vodka so we would go a a litre of whatever it is smirnoff or something at duty free Glenn's not Glenn's that's (laughs) really really (laughs) jerky In keeping with how you're dressed, to be fair, I, I am what I am. I am what I am. Anyway, so, and I would have bought whichever malt took my fancy in duty free. And I would pair it with a cigar. I'll have a part of gas cigar every evening on the balcony. Sorry, past tense. 
when I was able to get Cuban cigars, where there seems to be a dearth <laughs> of them right now. However, I'm limiting myself. I'll have a half a cigar off an evening on the balcony. But that with uh, like a, a, a Lagavulin 16. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Um, and, and that's that's my, my, my favourite place. Yes, I've listened to other podcasts and they've said, yeah, I want to be by a campfire on the beach. Invariably, it's freezing. So, no, I don't do cold at all. I like the heat. I like the warmth. So I'm sat there, and if it's a secluded balcony, I'm in my pants. And I've got a great dram, and I've got a cigar, and I've got the woman that I love. What's not to like? I, it's beautiful. Sounds good. It's beautiful. Um, so we need to drill in a little bit, though, because there must be a balcony or a view from that balcony that would elevate this more than other views you have. Where was the best? Before. The best, and this just sounds really big time and... You are big time, it's fine, I'm that's why we invite so you on. I'm so not. Um, it was on the, the balcony of the Waldorf Astoria on the Palm in Dubai. Okay. And because a number of factors. Number one, I, I travel a lot. I, I, I'm in airports, I'm in hotels a lot, and I, I frequent Hilton. And so I was a Diamond Hilton Honours member. So when you check in, they make a big deal of you and you got a separate check-in, and we were signed a butler, and they took us up to the, the whatever the floor was, and we've been given this, this suite of rooms, which is frankly ridiculous, massive balcony, probably, you know, the, the, the length of a, a, a small football pitch. <laughs> I'm over-exaggerating there. I just... Still. Uh, rubbish. But anyway, it was long. It was very long and very deep. And we had a wonderful view right the way over the, the palm, right over to Jumeirah. And that was great. We saw the sun, watched the sun setting with a dram, in your pants, with your wife. It's just, just awesome. Comfort, bless the people that you want, the view that's that you've it, that's got. That's the, the ideal combination. Really, really good. And a great hotel. And then I found out um, four days into the holiday why we had got an upgrade to such a spacious room because nobody in the right mind books a holiday that coincides with Ramadan. <laughs> oh, and wow. So next thing, this busy hotel suddenly becomes a lot less busy. The food we were able to eat outside suddenly becomes having to be eaten inside with curtains so that nobody could see. Okay. And you think you complete dark. And Still, though, if you can get by that... If you can get well, we got over it. The price and well, the, we so the upgrade and that. Nobody that was fasting could look up and see us and go, yeah. bastards that you are. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so we were fine. We were hey, fine. I would say that's a hack. If you're going to go on holiday to Dubai, save some money, go during Ramadan. Yeah. Unless you want to eat in a mall or... Um, I'm happy to eat behind a curtain. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd probably prefer it. To yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I'd, I think other people would prefer yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there a time of day that this comes into play. Yes, when the sun's setting. Wonderful. So this is a theme, and I will say sunset mm. is whiskey time. And I think that I'm five episodes in, I feel confident enough to say sunset is whiskey time. It's not yeah. a surprise. No, no, it's not. It makes sense. Um, sunrise can be good. It's very early for a whiskey. It depends, I suppose, whether depends you're just whether coming in or, or not. Five o'clock <laughs> somewhere. <coming> out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... Is there anything about the time of year for you? Is there an association with a time of year that you would choose to be in? Or is that... For the ideal day? drama, drinking whiskey. Yes. Any day with a Y in it is good for drinking whiskey. Um, ideally, sitting on a balcony, I really don't want to do it when it's freezing. I'm not a fan of the cold. I was, I was born to live in a warm climate. I just obviously don't have the finance to do it more than two weeks of every year. 
And no, I, I, again, I don't mind sitting sometimes. If you're all wrapped up, you've got a duffel coat on, maybe wearing dungarees and a lumberjack shirt, and you can then <laughs> fill the cold where you are then, as long as the company's good. I think that's that's That always thing. helps, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um although I I like drinking whiskey on my own. Like not not like drinking to get drunk on my own, but my God, I love just pouring one for myself. Just having that. Doesn't need to be anywhere special. Just my kitchen's fine. Do you have any friends? Many. I'm actually really popular. Really? Um, <laughs> I normally find that people that are not really popular claim to be really popular. Like really popular. Really popular. Really popular. Right. Lots, lots of people like me. Um, okay. <laughs> Maybe more if you didn't give them Cardew Gold Reserve every time they came round. You might have more people. It's a nice dram. Uh, yeah, it was nice. But you could do better. You've got better in your collection. I've got much better in my collection, but <laughs> these weren't proper whiskey drinkers. So What's your bestest? Around. The best in my collection. That's an issue. So I've got my, I've got two bottles that I just won't open, mm-hmm. um, and they're they're like in my cupboard. They're hidden away. Uh, one is definitely not great whiskey. It's great whiskey, but it's not it's not like special or that. It's Highland Park Ten. Um, it's one of my very few like investment malts though, because it's for the Ian Rankin Rebus thirtieth anniversary, and it's got all that branding on it. And I found it in a Highland Park distillery shop uh, for thirty quid. And I checked on Master Remote and it was selling for 60 then. Why didn't you buy two? That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that one, I was just like, okay, I don't need to drink that one. I'm not. I'm never, never going to be curious about what that tastes like. It's Highland Part 10. The great thing about buying whiskeys like that that you put away just in case is if it doesn't go up in value, then you pop the cork. That's it. And, and the other one that you brought back from Isla yeah. um, was the distillery edition. The Dilla, this distillery year. exclusive from yeah. Lagavulin. Yeah. yeah. That one. What age out of interest? Do they put age on them? Can't remember now. I normally find a young Lagavulin, like a a young. um, I posted a picture of it on the Sipping Point podcast uh, Instagram earlier on today for National Malt Day. Um, So I can have a look at the bottle just now. Uh, Nope, it just says Distillery Exclusive Edition on it. And is it not? Have you opened it? I no, I've no, tasted it because I did the two the tasting there, mm. um, and I, I I could be wrong. My gut tells me it was double digit in age, but I don't ah, think it well, that's was. Interesting. Yeah, it wasn't particularly old. It wasn't a seventeen plus or anything like that. But it wasn't an eight. It wasn't a four or a five or right. something like that. I, I, and I don't think it was an eight. I don't think there was anything that they were selling at that time that was younger than the eight. Which well, is that's interesting. Kind of I think the younger ones are they're too medicinal for me. There's too many phenols in them. And I, think I like well. them to be more Smoother. mature and, yeah. and the cask to absorb all that. That's the first time in episode five we're on now that someone's used the word phenol yeah. on the thing. We're we're we've done all right. That's I, all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've got someone that knows what they're talking about Absolutely, this week. Yeah, That's more, what the more difference than us, yeah. Has anybody mentioned the olfactory epithelium? Nobody has. Right, okay. I don't think Let's ever. Let's not go down there. Probably nobody's interested unless you're a... <laughs> Uh, ear, nose, and throat surgeon. <laughs> but that's very good. That's the, the gland at the back of your nose that picks up the congeners, which are the smell, the aroma molecules, and tells your brain what you're smelling. Class. Oh yeah, love that. Oh, we're learning stuff. Speaking of, what are you? What are they telling you right now about what's in your glass? My nose is telling me this is fiery. Right before I yeah. even I even tried it, it's nipping my nose, which is normally a sign that the the alcohol ABV is. Uh, pretty high. I'm going to guess this is 46 or 47. I've uh, I've made a note of this saying stronger because <laughs> uh, it's definitely definitely stronger than the first one. The first one, not be surprised if you told me that was 40. percent This one definitely higher than that, that. Without a doubt, I think the first one. I don't think it was any higher than 40. It might have been 42 maximum, but this one certainly about 47, 48. It's it's much higher. Um, 
It's okay on the nose. I'm I'm still getting a nip on the nose from it. There's milk chocolate in there. No chocolate, yeah. Milk chocolate. Maybe not flaky. I know you were. I don't mean you're flaky. I mean you were getting flaky yes, chocolate uh, earlier on. <laughs> yeah. But Heather. I was going to say gorse, gorsey right. heather, and do you know what? Do you know that expensive honey? Do you know again when you come off stage and you gargle with hot water and manuka honey? Manuka. Yeah. You tell me you're going to show me a picture of a jar of manuka honey I, you've I just bought. Words, heather honey. Oh, oh my yeah. god! Oh my god! I also think this is all right. Write it down. Speak into the microphone. It's a podcast. <laughs> hey, I make my notes when I'm tasting. Right? <laughs> um, I was just say I think this might be older than the first one as well. Okay. Mm. There's more age on I that. I would agree with the legs. And again, I know this is lousy for a, an audio podcast, but you, the, huh? the legs on this are, are pretty spectacular, which suggests to me it's aged and it's probably quite oily. Yep. And it's catching the back of my throat. It, it's strong and it, it's mostly alcohol that's hitting me right now. Have you added water to it yet, either no, of you? I have added a touch and... Yeah, that's interesting. I think you should... Now, the mouthfeel on this is really good, and that's after I've had two or three sips. Mm. I do like that now. Mm. It, it's coated my entire mouth. It's making it a bit numb, which is a good thing. Yep. I like that. Kind of nice, non-fiery finish, and I can feel it going down. Yeah, when that's not you... unpleasant now. Oh, I didn't think it was unpleasant. Again. No, no, I thought it was just too much to, to start really? with, to drink neat, certainly. So, so a little bit of water's great on that. I've found that it's, um, it's taken... Some of the apps will like maybe some of the power out, but not all of the fire. You know, like it's still there. It's still. Well, I wouldn't go crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, perfect. Do you know what I'm now getting? Honeycomb, not like the middle of a crunchy, not as sweet as that, but honeycomb without chocolate on it. Yeah, I'd, yeah, that's quite nice. I say honey, honey was definitely the the first big thing for me that I was quite getting floral now as well. Mm -hmm. And I tried this. Tell you what, come the end when you tell us what this is. If this is another one, it's only about forty quid. I'm buying it. <laughs> it's not blowing my socks off. I must confess. I like it. Uh, I would drink the, the first one again quite happily. This is now. Yeah, that difference that the water has made is quite remarkable. Yes. On that, Brilliant. you know what I'm getting, and I've, I'm not sure I've ever had this out of whiskey. Lemongrass. Right. Okay. Lemongrass. So like from a Thai. Yeah. Restaurant. Yeah. Right. Wow. As the gentleman finished that one off, we'll pour nip number three and we'll move on to the final part of the conversation. On to the final part of the conversation then. We know it's the Glen Glasso 1978 that's in the glass. We know it's being drank on a balcony um, with your wife, in your pants, probably the Waldorf Astoria in Dubai, and it's sunset. You've with got a cigar. cigar. With yeah, a cigar. You've got a cigar. Now, the final part of the conversation is the perfect company. You've already mentioned your wife, so mm. that's a given. Mm -hmm. She can be there whether she's in, partaking in the conversation or not. She's there. Is there anyone else that you would add to that to make it the ultimate whiskey drinking experience? And if there is, or if there isn't, and it's just your wife, what are the things that you want to talk about while you're savouring this wonderful dram? Am I only allowed one? You can have as many as you want. Right, yeah. okay. So I'd have my dad there, first and foremost, just to see where I've gone from the early days of that 69. Sadly, he died the year after, so I never ever mm -hmm. shared the dram with him to see where my taste has gone yeah. and see whether he approved or whether he got, ah, it's rubbish, just give me an antiquary. <laughs> I'll be grand. Um, I'd like Terry Pratchett as well. Okay. Great, yeah. <laughs> Terry Pratchett is 
is um, my co-favourite author, um, and I would like my other co-favourite author, who would travel from uh, his home in Gullin, or Gullane, or Gillen, if you're really posh, and that's Quentin Jarden. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've, uh, I've read some of his books. Have you? Aye. Have you read Thursday Legends? No. Oh, thanks. Why? Okay, there's a character in there based on me. Oh, that's fine. Yes. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll read it then. It's okay. Thursday Legends about a five-a-side. Yes. Yeah, I've read that one. Oh, my right, God. Okay. okay. <laughs> I think it's the only Quentin Jarden one that I have read. But... I'm Spike Thompson. Right, okay. So, <laughs> Quint- Q, Q was a friend of David Johnson, who was our managing director at Radio Forth, and all of his books are based on Edinburgh. Yeah. And so David said... Pal of mine wants to come in, he's researching a new book, can he sit in with you for an hour? And he sat in for three days, and we became really, really good pals, and we still are to this day. And he called me up and he said, finish the book, there's a character, I want to base on you, it's da-da-da-da-da. And more or less, with the exception of the fact that he was having an affair with his next-door neighbour, my (laughs) in-laws live next door, Uh, everything was really bang on. I love my mother-in-law to bits, but she's 84, Thank you very much. Anyway, so, yeah, and we're still in touch. And funnily enough, he, he texted me yesterday. And, uh, yeah, so I'd have him there as well because he's um, hugely uh, humorous and, and knowledgeable. He's a big whiskey, whiskey drinker. He likes a dram, but he's not a massive... This, I'm not gathering people just because they're whiskey drinkers. No, they're that's cool. That I'm just, just thinking in future, maybe, we, uh, yeah, yeah. maybe he'd like to come on and well, there drink we a couple are. of drams. Yes, absolutely. There you, are. you never always, know. That would, looking for guests. That would be uh, fantastic. Uh, Jim Cruikshank, former Hearts goalkeeper, who was the man that inspired me to want to become a professional goalkeeper. I know that's bizarre. I know he liked to drink. I don't know whether he specifically liked whiskey. Sadly, never got a chance to meet him. Um, the, the, the club... You know, weren't particularly great when they were dealing with him with his testimonial, and he took umbrage and he never came back. It's a real but shame. We had been working in the background on his family, and eventually he'd agreed to come along and be my guest at hospitality. And I was like a dog with two tails. Yeah. And two weeks before it, unfortunately, he, he passed away. So I never got a chance to, to meet That's him. That's a killer. So we've got your dad, mm-hmm. we've got your wife, we've got Terry Pratchett, Quentin Jardin, and Jim Cruikshank. I mean, it's it's a substantial balcony that we're on, which it's I a love. Big balcony. Now, bear in mind that I'm on the fifth floor. Here, yeah, yeah, and it's a huge balcony, and there's plenty room for more. And is there more that you want to add? I know. I think that would probably. I think is probably enough, yeah. quite frankly. But yeah, they, these are people that I find inspirational, and uh, I would like to be part of a, a a conversation. And are you are you all drinking the same dram to share it together, or are you asking them to drink their own dram so you can? Share the differences. I, I would of the invite flavor. them to suggest what they would like, and I would provide. Now, if they come to my home and I've got a, a tasting tomorrow night with um, a group we call we're called the Malt Masters, and it's my turn to host, and I've got 141 whiskies of which you can have whichever you like, with the exception of maybe about a dozen which are very very. I think that makes your house one of the best stocked whiskey bars in the country. Really. I think oh, okay. it might do. Angus, so d- d- don't let Scott hear this, but if you could try and get us an invite to the uh, the the Malt Masters, or... you'd be more than welcome, actually. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. <laughs> That sounds magnificent. That sounds absolutely so magnificent. So the, the, the guys tomorrow and everybody brings three bottles and, oh. and ones that they want us to try. And funnily enough, that Penderin came up at our New Year oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. tasting and it was very, very good. Yeah. Um, so these have all come on. I've got a Japanese to, to present to them tomorrow. And again, they're, they've come on leaps and bounds. So 
we've got the full set, so it's now time to to enjoy dram number three. Let's talk about this. I'm Let's really move interested. Let's on to ranking it. And what? And what you think of this? It's strong on the nose, so it's it's nipping the hairs up my nose to start with. <coughs> it's making me cough. So well, <laughs> that's normally a very very good sign. The third um, whiskey is COVID nineteen. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? And and it's difficult to say it doesn't suggest to me a particularly smooth whiskey when I nose it. Oh. And that's a bizarre thing to say, but oh. I'm getting a little nod away. Stick some water in there. Right, okay. It's I have already, and I would agree. Um I'm way interested more interested in the nose than the palate. Okay, which makes me think it's probably forty mid forties. I don't know whether that's right or not. Do you know what? I'm getting big on this. I'm so interested to find out what this is. I would never like to hazard a guess, but do you know what? I'm smelling a lot of... And again, once I've said it, you might start noticing it as well, but probably wrong on what they're trying to sell it as. Pina colada? It's it's coconut and pineapple. Yeah. Is what I'm getting from that. I get pineapple from this big time. I'm getting the coconut and I'm getting citrus fruit, but not necessarily pineapple. I'm getting nuts like almondy. There's a there's a different taste and I can't quite put into words exactly what it is. I'm getting nice activity at the back of my nose right enough when I drink it. Again, like effervescence, like yeah. it's bubbling up there. But it's it's smooth. Again, it's just cliched to say it's honey and it's caramel, and that's what it is, but hmm. And there's more. Pine nuts. Okay. Is that ridiculous? No. Right, let me put some water in here and see what we get. This is probably the weirdest thing you've ever had said on your podcast, but that is now Wambar. Do you know okay. Wambar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Wambar. yeah, yeah. Jesus, with the, the, I don't know what's in a Wambar, quite frankly, apart from sugar and lots of E numbers, but like raspberry with that. Do you know, you get that so popping big. candy. Now that that popping that. candy. Yeah. As soon as you, again, thank is, you for is that not power, making me feel weird. Is that power suggestion? Maybe a little bit, but as soon as you said that, now I was, I was struggling to see what it was, and so much, isn't it? Oh, the other, the, try having a wee sniff and a taste of this when you're thinking about wham bars and. So wham bars are available in a range of flavors, including original, which is raspberry, strawberry, there cola, things that you learn. I never knew that wham bars were made in Stenhousemuir. Yeah, McCowan's. Yeah, I never knew that was a McCowan's Maybe they make the Highland coffees the and the fudges and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to make it at um, Broxburn, but they're now at Stenhouse Muir. You know, East Main's industrial estate, near yes. Broxburn yeah. Bottlers. They also bottled Tam Dew in there. Tam Dew, magnificent. Absolutely magnificent. Mm-hmm. Cask strength, fantastic. Yeah. The fact that, that, that this and disclaimer... Okay, I run a whiskey blog, and lots. I of dis- wanted to bring this up, by the way. And lots of distilleries send me malts for reviewing, and one of the most recent was Tamdu, and they included a polo shirt. So I just like to point out, I really do like Tamdu. It's nothing even to do though, with the polo shirt or the free whiskey. Even though he's been bought off a free whiskey and a polo shirt. Yeah. Uh, yeah I but, no, to- no. I'm sorry, I take umbrage to being bought off. <laughs> it takes more to buy me. I can be bought off. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's just going to take more than a polo take more shirt. Than that, for God's sake. I want to bring up your... Uh- <laughs> you besmirched me. <laughs> I like the first time besmirched has been used on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, although I, I'm likely to use it. I like besmirched. That's a good word. Great words. Um, great word. I want to bring up your blog, though. Yeah. Because I'm a big fan, um, and 
what I'm a biggest fan of is, you, first of all, you don't post pictures of them in the Glencairn, which we use Glencairns here all the time. We're big fans. Uh, you use the ones that's got the kind of the vacuum. Norland right? glass. The Norland, that's right. The Norland's and a lovely glass. And you fill them to the fucking brim. No, listen, that's like, like, you're sounding like my wife now. <laughs> no, no, I'm a huge Although fan of Although she has a better beard than you, but how about... <laughs> Every time I see it, you've got a half pint of whiskey in front of you. I love it. Wrong, wrong, wrong. It's a glass within a glass and it's an optical illusion, which is what I spend all my time telling her. I have drank out of them before. I see how you pour them. Now, see, I have the She Norland. pours them as well. Let me just go off a yeah. tangent while you're talking about my lovely wife. So, Friday, I work from home a lot, and particularly on a Friday, and I'll finish, and we've got Sonos in every room of our house, right. and it's generally playing the radio station that I'm on all the time. And then quarter past five, she'll hear me coming off a Teams call or something and Peter Andre Mysterious Girl will then play on every Sonos in every room and because we then sing Mysterious Dram to it and Gillian will have gone in and poured, picked one of the hundred and four, well not the ones that are sealed of course. one of the drams and I'll have to nose it and guess what the dram is oh what a game, <laughs> what a game what that a is game. and I'm rubbish at it so I have to have another one so that I can <laughs> try and guess and eventually you know I'll get there and but was, that's a great game. It was M- fast 69 all. <laughs> oh, beautiful. I, I, Alison, if you're listening to this, Fridays have changed in our household. <laughs> you need Sonos in every room and then Peter Andre, and that's music to my ears. Um, I have the Norland black glasses, which is the same glass with a black exterior, so you cannot see how much whiskey is in the glass. Now, it's great because aesthetically, it looks beautiful. The colours of the whiskey really pop against that black background. But it is bloody impossible to know how much you've poured in your glass. So it's just a free pour. Which can go, be a good thing or a bad thing. It looks okay, and sometimes it finishes earlier than tell you me, want, Tell sometimes me, you're drinking it for two days. Tell so. me everything's a free pour in your house, <laughs> and you don't actually use measures. No, Imagine no, 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 using no, no. a jigger in your house That would just be so wrong. I have measures for the guests, <laughs> which is given to guests in multiples of measures, because they're not whiskey drinkers and they're getting that stuff my my dad bought a thing he, he bought this for himself um, but he justified it to my mother uh, by being a thing that they would leave to the children <laughs> and there are these four because I've got uh, three sisters uh, four whiskey tumblers uh, that are made of sterling silver and on the inside is gold and every special How occasion how posh are you? me oh, oh secret Tony that's me um, but my dad bought them and my mum was like, oh, what the fuck have you done this for? And he was like, oh, it's for the kids. I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll leave it to them. They'll all get one each. There's no chance I'm letting my sisters get them. I'm having them all. They would just um, waste them. They would, they would they, just waste them. They put Prosecco or some exactly. rubbish in there. You know, my youngest, my youngest sister, she's my favourite. They don't listen to it. Um, she is. <laughs> <laughs> She would 100% put Strongbow Dark Fruits oh, in that thing. Oh, that's just wrong. And that would rot the, the, the... It would. It would be bad for it. And no, so I need so to bad. save it. Yes. So we won't be doing that. You need yeah. to save the glasses from your, though, your siblings. Can you imagine that gold with whiskey in it? Mm. The way the light comes out is the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life. Lovely. When am I coming to your flat to try these? Uh, that is at my mum and dad's place. When am I coming you... to your mum and dad's place? Come on, they Buy used to listen to me on the, your, mother, you, your mother used to listen to me on the radio after all. Come on. Mama used to be on the radio. She might know you from back in right? the day. She was Radio Clyde. Well, she, so was I. I started my career at Radio Clyde. So was I, 1988. Jane Cumming. You're kidding me on. That's my stepmom, yeah. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Well, that's a game changer. Right, okay. 
Okay. She's never told me she knows you. Well, I was insignificant at the time. I was just new. Uh, I was just new and starting. And yeah. Wow. The Sipping Point Podcast. Connecting old friends. Wow. Whilst you two connect over your mother, um, mother. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to rank them. It's was yeah, we've we've talked about what's in glass number three. It's time to rank them. So we're gonna ask you, our guest, first of all, to rank them in any order you want. We tend to go from worst to first. Uh, and then at the end we'll ask you to pick which one you think is a supermarket, and then I'll ask you the bonus question. So two, three, one. Worst to first. Two the worst. Three second and one the favourite. Which is a bit unfair to say worst. It was my least favourite. Of the three, yeah. yeah. That's interesting because I've ranked these two separate ways. Mm -hmm. uh, And 231 is one of them and that is on cost. Okay. I wasn't aware that we had to rank on no, cost. That's no, that's not you something you need drink to do. whiskey I'm, on cost. I'm playing around just now, so I'm I was honest. I'm not going to be able to tell you the cost of some of these. That's right. So that's but fine. in terms of my favourites, yes, it was two one three. Oh, so really? two least favourite. All oh, right, one second favourite and three the favourite. Okay. No, no, no. Or the other way around. Yeah. So two, two was, was your favourite. Okay. Maybe not. I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> two was the one that you described as being strong, but Heather, you were getting honey. Um, you I it was think an older no, no. One. I think two, three, one. Two be, would have been my favourite. Yeah. Two would be your favourite. Three and one the least favourite. Um. What, no, that Angus, was... the format man. <laughs> That was in cost. That was in cost. And I think that was probably the cheapest one. I think that's the supermarket one. Which was? I, I don't know what you're talking Right. I think the okay. first one was the cheapest one. So, but hang on. We're not asking this. What was your favorite? Two. Right. What was your second favorite? One. One. And your least favorite was three, the last yes. one. You've just contradicted yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. You, we've had three or four different <laughs> orders here. But we settled it. Fine. It's completely different between the two of you. I've just um, made a bison. I've spilled water on the table. I've just made a bison out of it. <laughs> Admittedly, it's it's a six-legged bison, but, you know, there's maybe a lot of inbreeding there. It's a boy, and what a boy. <laughs> Thank you very much, Producer Phil. Yeah. He's taking a picture of my six-legged bison. <laughs> Marvellous. Okay, so we've got the orders. Now, the next question is then, Angus, what is the supermarket? You've kind of jumped the gun. Which one do you think is the supermarket one? One. You think the first one, one you gave us, I think, is. Is the supermarket. Scott. I think that's obvious. I'd like to, I would agree with that. I'd like to think so because it's a very accessible dram. Mm. And if it was number two, I'd be well pissed off. And, I, and I've never taken anything back to a supermarket, but I'd probably start there. No. <laughs> Second was the best, um, but uh, I would also say that if again, if two or three other supermarket ones, I probably will buy a bottle of it. Okay, right. Fine. Now. The last question. This is the bonus question. All three of these have spent some time in the cask of something else. Mm. What have they all spent time in? I will say rum. You've got to say rum. Uh, is, it, is it just so that's the thread of commonality? Yes. It's not that what right. All okay. three have. No, I'd have to say rums, particularly was, by the the colour. There was so much pineapple and like on top of that last one, coconut as well. Uh, that it has to be that. Right. Okay. This is the time where we get to the results, and I'm going to say, gentlemen, you have nailed it. So absolutely, all of them have been finished in rum. Number one was indeed the supermarket brand. Uh, what is the one that you said that was a rum one at this top of this? Because you said it without any prompt, and I was like, oh my. Are you kidding me? Is what? that a Jura uh, rum finish? Was that what we had? 
Dram number one, is that the one that you wouldn't, you're not going to drink? That's the one that we've not finished because we don't like it in the house. <laughs> Dram number it? one is the Jura rum finish. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, when you said it at the top, I was like, oh my God. If Hello? this turns Can out Can I have a taxi be... for Coots, please? <laughs> yeah, as soon as possible. He's wow, highly embarrassed. Genuinely. There's been two times now where I've absolutely screwed myself here one was when I slated something and it turned out it was Highland Park which is my favourite whiskey <laughs> <laughs> and now not awkward is. at all jeez well I'm going home and have one of them tonight I tell you so, what I've got a bottle in the house now so we're going to talk about this being a supermarket one because it is the supermarket one right um, it's £23 we got it for I mean, an Amazon Prime Day so you can get it on Amazon yes. in the supermarket it's typically in the supermarket tends to play about 38 but it will be on offer every now and then I genuinely, I, I, so here's what I'm going to say as well. The first time I had it, I was initially disappointed. I was like, Ugh. the second time I had it, I was like, oh, actually, do you know what? This is better than I thought. And the third time I had it, separate days, I thought, actually, this is actually quite pleasant. This is really nice. So you talked about banana. You talked about it being golden. It's not necessarily leggy, but there was a lot of fruit on the nose, caramel and honey. So it was young. Like that. Yep. Um, well, it's a non-age statement one, this one. Which means it's three or four. Yeah. Uh, raw cocoa, you said flaked chocolate, sort yeah. of things like that. I can I can get where you're coming from with that. So they're the flavour profiles you're getting. Okay, now drams number two. Wait, and before three. before you come on this, I've just looked it up on uh, Amazon right now. The Jura rum cask is twenty six pounds. Twenty six pounds a bottle, and I think I, c- I could be wrong. And I'll go back. And if he said it, I'm going to play it right now. I would also say if that is a supermarket one, it might be contender for the best supermarket one so far. Best supermarket one so far. I think you said if this is the supermarket own, it's the best supermarket one we've had you so far. You said you would eat your own head. I don't know if I said... <laughs> I think you did. I'm getting pointed at. I definitely said You that. said if this is a supermarket <laughs> brand, I will never dress like Rupert Bear ever again. I can never make that promise. <laughs> right, we need to move on to drams number two and three. And I'll be honest, guys... Um, that the, was it. Sorry, was that the rum cask? That yes. was that one, yeah. Twenty six quid. Yep. Consider it bought. The red oh, yeah. wine finish is great as well. Well, well I get one of those as well. <laughs> While you're there, you know, get the right. two in the same one, right? Oh, the, 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 you've got the malt masters coming over tomorrow. Adding to back, well, it won't arrive in time, and we've got a, a number of others. Right. Right. So whilst whilst the gentlemen browse the internet for bottles of whiskey. Uh, Dram number two and three were both donated by Paul Whitson, who is a listener to the podcast. Thank you, Paul, for the donation. He has given us these whiskeys out of his own personal collection. Bless so we have to thank him very much for thank that. Thank you. Um, Absolutely. But uh, Paul as well, just a wee shout out. I miss you, Paul. Paul, yeah. Paul and I used to work together at uh, both the Corn Exchange when we worked there. Then we worked when together. did you work at the Corn Exchange? Oh, when you were oh, doing Christmas parties. No. Oh, yeah. Why? What were you doing? Oh, I know everyone that you know at the Corn Exchange. <laughs> Is that right? Oh, yeah. Have you been in my dressing room? Uh, <laughs> what? Mate, it was my dressing room once. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, Paul and I were there. Then we were together at the bank, um, and uh, we just kind of just followed each other around. Big Aberdeen fan, so apart from that, yeah, good so guy. He's, he's already he's had two shout outs in this podcast. Um, 
I, th- I can't believe the line, have you been to my dressing room, was said on the fifth <laughs> podcast. You know, I thought it would be a bit later than that, but you know what? I was just wondering. <laughs> and, and your dressing room, is it right through, turn left, and then it's second and left? Yes. It's the one with the shower and the bog. Ah, uh, and then there's the, the other bog. one that's a little bit bigger than we gave to the bands. But yes, but they smaller don't have, but nicer one. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they have to wee in the shower. They do? Yeah, absolutely. So the second one. Except the Manic Street Preachers, you've got the huge one. <laughs> yes, of course. Right, okay. So the second one is bottled by the Thompson news, brothers. <laughs> sorry, sorry to interrupt. News got that one as well, but they had to use the outside toilet. That was before my time. Right. Okay. So the second one donated by Paul was bottled by the Thompson brothers. Is part of the Spirited Angels single malt Scotch whiskey, a seven cask series. This comes from the Strathern Distillery. It is seven years old. Really, it's seven years old, but it is a full maturation in rum cask. Wow. What was the ABV? The ABV on that one is a whopping 57.7%. That was number two. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it is bottle, it's only one of 132 bottles made. So a special nip that Mm. you had, although it didn't miss. Well, it ranked last for you, first for you. Uh, Last for Scott, because people, me saying you on a podcast doesn't really come across. Last place for Scott, number one for Angus. Doesn't mean it's a bad dram. No, it It just means it wasn't my favorite. No. And then dram number three was Aaron Single Malt, small batch, 13-year-old, rum cask finish, the Lochranza Distillery, no, Lochranza Distillery exclusive from 2020. I'm so excited. 54.4%. Just going to read on the back of this. Finished in X rum casks for five years out of the 13. And this is me holding a bottle that I bought on the 25th of March <laughs> at quarter to three in the afternoon. <laughs> Along with Scott Mackay, Managing Director Richard F. Mackay, where there's a sale on, incidentally. <laughs> just in case. So I never mentioned it earlier. I was going to mention Richard That's F. Mackay. That, that is exactly voice. the bottle that you were talking about. Yeah. I'm embarrassed to say. I'm so, so happy that finally it's happened to someone else that's not me. Uh, where... Well, no, you had this in second place. Um Scott, you talked about the Wambar flavours came through the water. I think the key thing there, you called it pina colada. Mm. There's a lot of interesting flavours in that, but I think the the thing with that one is add a couple of drops of water to really maximise it. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. Take it neat, give it what it is, but add the water and open up those flavours. The rum starts to come through. um, Those those flavours are absolutely wonderful. So, So there you go. Right, we've come to the end of this. Scott Wilson, thank you for joining us. Just to You're recap. welcome. I came in, I was 13 stone one, I'm now 11 stone four, <laughs> and it's been, it's been wonderful. Really, really good. It's, it's been warm in this I've room. I've had three good drams, and I've lost over a stone. What, what's not to like? <laughs> so just to recap, the sipping point this week is Scott Wilson is having a glass of Glen Glasso 1978 on a balcony with his wife in his pants, which is interesting given the amount of people that are with you um, at the Wardrobe. Ah, hold on, I'd put a pair of shorts on when they rock up, to be fair. In Dubai, at sunset, and you're joined by your wife, your dad, Terry Pratchett, Quentin Jardin, and Jim Cruikshank, and you're going to get them all to bring their own drama choice, and you're going to enjoy what each other have brought to the table. Which sounds really mean, doesn't it? 
Aye, bring your own, yeah. yeah. I will not be supplying. Come along here. You, you have to pay for the flights on Emirates, and then you need a taxi from the airport, and then I want you to bring your own dram, and then I'll accommodate you on my balcony, and then we can't even go out for something to eat because it's Ramadan. Yeah. So, if, listen, I feel like this this podcast is all about the stars aligning and just the perfect moment happening. It just so happens that all these people are in Dubai. You've not had to ask them to come. Ah, there's it's a fine point. Beautifully. There we are. It's just happened because it's perfect. And if, it's, if you've had to invite them... That takes away from that perfection. And they had all bought their favourite dram on duty free. Exactly. Yes. And they said, we brought some cigars. We don't know if you like cigars. We've got Partagas number four. Oh, my God. It's my favourite cigar. What's the chances? Oh, my God. I didn't really like it. So would you like the rest of the box? Oh, dear. I'd be... If any Hearts fans are listening and want to really do a favour for Scott Wilson... <laughs> Find them some... I do Partagas number two as well. I'm Partagas Petit. <laughs> Two, um, I don't do voiceovers for Partagas, but I'm available for them and any other <laughs> Cuban cigar manufacturers. Well, there you have it. Thank you for listening to The Sipping Point. We'll be back again very, very soon as we go back through another ultimate drumming experience. But until then, Slanjava. If you'd like to see me at the Stand Comedy Club this year at the Edinburgh Fringe, my show is called Short King. Stand for 2.45pm. Tickets are on sale. £8. Real cheap. Come along.